Boom! What's up, Familia? Dayspring here with an episode of Power of X-Men to discuss Madame Web. I went at noon today, well, not noon, one o'clock, to see it. And I went in with an open heart because I love Madame Web from the Spider-Man animated television show back from like the 90s where she was voiced by Joan Lee, a.k.a. Stanley's wife. I thought the character was so intriguing and so wonderful in that series. I, I just loved it. I fell in love with her. I wanted to be her. I wanted to be Madame Webb when I saw that as a little as a little day spring. That's how cool the character was. Now, another thing that's really interesting about Madame Webb and why we are discussing this on an X-Men podcast, I mean, one, it's Marvel in general. I know it's a Sony Marvel universe, but still, Marvel. So, yeah, A, that's why we're discussing it. But most importantly, Madame Webb in the comics is a mutant. And I was, not that I was walking into this being hopeful that they would say she's a mutant, but, you know, that part is always going to be in me where I'm be like, ooh, maybe they'll throw us a little curveball now that Sony is playing nice with Marvel. And, of course, the X-Men are back with Marvel. So maybe maybe we'll get like a little, a little morsel. We do not get a little morsel of that. And I got to tell you, I walked into this movie with zero expectations because, of course, we've all seen the reviews out there. We've all seen the... Rotten Tomato score, one of my favorite reviewers that I follow pretty religiously, Grace Randolph, said this movie was unwatchable, doesn't know why it was created. Now, I'm here to tell you, as someone who went to the movie theaters at 1 o'clock on Valentine's Day, because I have the day off, I had nothing to do, I got myself some popcorn and a cherry soda. You know, I love my cherry Coke so much. I watched it. This is by no means a great movie, but I did not think it was unwatchable. And in fact, there are some things in this movie that I like, and we are going to discuss it in great detail in today's episode of Power of X-Men. So yeah, there is a lot of hate for Madame Webb out there. I don't think it's the same kind of hate that there was out there for the Marvels, because I think first and foremost, the Marvels was good it was a good movie and i know a lot of people are gonna like roll their eyes and say no it wasn't i think now that it's on disney plus and people have had an opportunity to see it it is actually a really good movie and listen i wouldn't defend something i mean as many of you know i cannot stand fall of the house of x and the current direction of the x books and i am not afraid to say i think this is garbage <laughs> <laughs> I am not afraid to say that something's garbage when it's garbage. The Marvels was not garbage. The Marvel, how about this? How about this? With the Marvels, it is no worse than Thor, than Doctor Strange. It's no worse than that. It's certainly better than Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was garbage. The Marvels is at least at least better than that. And it did not deserve to be the box office flop that that it was. With this. I just don't think it's unwatchable, but it is not good. I'm not going to go hit up my buddies and be like, hey, you need to go see this movie. What are you doing not seeing Madame Web? No, that's not going to be it. This is a very niche character, unfortunately. I was really hoping that Dakota Johnson could do something with this character to make her mainstream. But 
You know what? It is not Dakota Johnson's fault. And I'm going to be very candid with you, Familia. I haven't seen anything with Dakota Johnson. The 50 Shades series, I never saw it in theaters. I had no interest in seeing it. Wait a minute. I think I saw her at, what was that movie where Chris Hemsworth was in it? And he kind of like, he's he plays like a serial killer and he like dances in front of everyone and she's part of it. It's something like, it's something bad times at the hotel. Bad times at the El Royale. <laughs> that movie. I Okay, so I've seen her in that. I don't remember her too much in that, but I do actually remember liking the way she was kind of fluid on screen. And when Chris Hemsworth's character was dancing, the look she gave him, I thought that was pretty good acting. So similarly here, I'm going to tell you what carries this movie, what makes this movie watchable. Because again, a lot of people are like, this movie, it's not watchable. I'm here to tell you it is watchable and it's because of Dakota Johnson. I think she is wonderful. She is exceptionally talented. She deserves better. I like her. Her version of Madam Web as as a re origin story, Madame Web. I like it. And by the way, this is going to be a spoiler review. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. So I'm giving you a fair warning. Three, two, one. By the way, at the end, she is blind and in a chair. <laughs> And she is guiding the team. And we get a flash forward to the future and sort of the adventures that they're going to have. And I thought that was great. However, that's it. That's all the, the super, like in terms of the superhero genre of them wearing costumes. That is the only thing that you've seen most of it already in the previews. That's it. They, it literally is total like one minute. Out of this two-hour movie, there's one minute of them wearing the costumes and looking like a team. Now, of course, it felt very Birds of Prey, somewhat my little note there. And admittedly, I'm not caught up with Madam Web in the comics, but this really felt like Oracle at the at the watchtower, at the clock tower, sending out the the Birds of Prey on their mission. It it truly felt like that, I have to tell you. I don't know if that's the current direction in the comics, but for me, I want to see Madam Web in her, you know, web-like powers crossing dimensions and guiding heroes like Spider-Man or Spider-Woman or whoever she comes across. That's the version of Madame Web I would like. The, the flash forward at the end was fine in, in the context of the, of the movie. I think for such a lackluster Act 3, because Act 3 is very, very bad. And, it, it, and as much as, again, I've said I like Dakota Johnson, I don't think her acting and her screen presence could have saved from this lackluster act three. But I was like, okay, I'm kind of ready for this movie to be done. And then we get them at like the watchtower clock tower, whatever it is. She's in the chair. She's wearing more of the modern Madame Webb comic look, you know, with the, with the thin glasses, her hair down. She's wearing red and she kind of sees the future for everyone. And it shows them fighting and, you know, the last shot, which is a teaser you've seen of all three of the girls in their costumes hovering over a ledge. Now that shot gets updated with her as Madame Webb hovering over them. It's fine for, for the way you end the movie. But I got to tell you, the overall movie in terms of the plot is just not very good. There is no reason why this movie should exist. I really don't understand why this movie is whoever greenlit this movie. I'm just kind of like scratching my head on I really thought that maybe they were going to try to do their own, 
into the Spider-Verse live action, you know, across the Spider-Verse, whatever, and start setting up a larger multiverse story. Because I know they're doing that in the regular MCU, but we have Secret Wars coming. So, you know, if this movie was actually good, I'd say bring in Dakota Johnson into in, 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 into Secret Wars. I think she's great. Again, I cannot say enough good things about Dakota Johnson. So bring her into Secret Wars. Why wouldn't you bring her into Secret Wars? But then I also thought like, oh, maybe they're going to do their own like Spider-Verse movie because we love Tobey Maguire. We love Andrew Garfield. No Way Home was such a big success seeing them all. Why wouldn't Sony do like a mini version of Secret Wars, but just, you know, Spider-Verse, especially given that Spider-Man and the multiverse does really well in the comics and also in video games, Shattered Dimensions, that video game in which Madame Webb is in it. It's a fun video game uh, into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales. Fantastic. What is there not to like about Spider-Man and, and, and across multiple dimensions? But nope, 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 nope. It does not set that up. I mean, it alludes to her having powers greater than what we're seeing. Don't get me wrong, but not at all. Not at all present here in this movie. And sadly, given the reception, given that it's probably going to be a financial flop, don't think it's going to happen. And I'm curious why they didn't have the girls wear their costumes at all. And, and especially since Sydney Sweeney has been talking about how when she sees Julia in the comics, she she's always hanging upside down. That scene is not in the movie. I mean, listen, it, it's what you saw in the trailer where she's clearly upside down, but you don't see her full body upside down and sort of being there. And I, I have to tell you something. I love Julia Carpenter. She is my favorite Spider-Woman. I grew up with Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman. I had the figure from her from the Iron Man series from like Toy Biz in like the 90s. And because she had long reddish hair, I used to have her as a jean stand-in. And I used to get the Spider-Woman comics at that time. And I was like, oh, you know what? I actually like this character more than just a jean stand-in. When Ultimate Alliance 1, the video game, came out, I played with the Jessica Drew skin that was Julia Carpenter. So I, when I tell you that Julia Carpenter is one of my favorite characters in the world... I, I I tell you, I, I it, she's on par with Hellcat for me, and I love Hellcat very much. Now, Sydney Sweeney, I've seen Euphoria. I have to tell you, she was one of my least favorite things about Euphoria. I acknowledge she's hot in Hollywood. You know, hot meaning, you know, she's a, a coveted actor because she has a really great stage presence. She doesn't really do it for me as a, a as an audience member, but... I'm glad that they gave a high-profile actor, Julia Carpenter. I will say, I don't think she delivers. I'm on the fence because this is where my personal biasness is coming in. I don't know if it's because I don't like her acting or because she legitimately does not have a good script. Julia Carpenter, in this movie, she's just a prop. In fact, all three of the girls are props. And I don't even think they're that bad. Celeste O'Connor as Maddie Franklin, and Isabella Merced as Anya Corazon. I, I'm telling you, I don't think they're individually bad in their roles. The, the, the casting seems pretty good, but I will tell you, I feel that like they just were blown over and they're just kind of like props to, you know, foil Dakota Johnson. She's like, oh, everyone needs to behave. Why are you guys not behaving? If you don't do do what I say, but you didn't do what I said. And now the bad guys after us. 
And again, I think Maddie and Anya in the comics are great characters. These are fun characters. Well, wait, I, where <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Anya <laughs> in, 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 in the comics. I am a fan of Maddie Franklin. I am a fan of Maddie Franklin. I think Celeste O'Connor's casting is really, really good. But, um, Anya, who, you know, I know as Spider-Girl, I was just kind of like, meh, doesn't really do it for me because at the time I wanted more Julia Carpenter stories. That, that, but, but besides my personal not liking Anya as a character, I do think Isabella Merced was really, really good casting for her. And again, all three girls, the casting is there. But I just don't think the script gives them anything. And in fact, the only thing the script gives them that I'm like, oh, I want to see them in action are those flash forwards into the future. And, and that's it. In the present, they're just annoying teenagers who live to sort of be counters to Dakota Johnson's 30-year-old sensibility. Now, in terms of the plot, I don't understand what, what, why this movie is happening. So it, it's pretty straightforward. Madame Webb, you know, Cassie Webb has visions. She, she's a paramedic. She is on site to help someone. She falls into the water. She starts having visions. And it coincides with Ezekiel Sims, who is Tahir Rahim's character. And he also is having visions where three girls are one day going to kill him, and that's Julia, Matt, and Anya, and he needs to stop them from killing him. And that's it. I, I don't know why. Why did why did Ezekiel betray Madame Webb's mom? Because that's a story that kind of like kicks off the movie where Ezekiel and Madame Webb's mom are in the Amazon jungle and she's trying to find a spider that's going to help, you know, Cassie because Cassie, I didn't quite catch what the doctor said, but this is something we find out later in the movie that there's something wrong with Cassie and that, you know, if she goes into the Amazon, she can find the spider. The genetics will help Cassie, you know, live because apparently, you know, if she gives birth to Cassie, it's not going to... And Cassie's Madame Webb, by the way. Cassandra Webb, Cassie. And then Ezekiel just betrays Cassie's mom. And it's just evil. I, I don't know what he's evil with. I, I don't understand his origin. He has literally... He is just a prop as well. So I think that is a big problem there. I think Sydney Sweeney, Celeste O'Connor, Isabella Merced, they are just props. And Tahir Rahim is just a prop as well. But Tahir's character i i think is a very lackluster performance i don't even think he i was not buying what he was selling i think it was just pure garbage and again i don't understand why how are they going to get their powers that's the thing in the present tense the three girls they don't have their powers and at the end of the movie they do not have their powers so why will one day they have will they have powers i i don't understand and these are Three random girls who Cassie has encountered before. So obviously there's a larger fate plan something at, at, at hand here, at play here, and yet the movie doesn't even attempt to answer it. There is no indication. There's no little nugget of something. Now, I think we should talk about Adam Scott as Ben Parker, a.k.a. Uncle Ben, and Dakota Johnson, because... 
I think Dakota Johnson and Adam Scott had wonderful chemistry. And in fact, that is why I will tell you to go watch the movie. It's almost kind of like an April Ludgate, right? From Parks and Rec and Adam Scott's character in it where he played Ben Wyatt. So if you've seen Ben Wyatt and April Ludgate sort of interact, that's kind of what you're getting here with Madam Webb, with Dakota Johnson and Adam Scott. That is why I am here to go to bat on the movie because I thought they had really cute chemistry. So much so that when Adam Scott was like, oh, I met someone. I think she may be the one. I thought, oh, no, they're going to end up together at the end of this movie. I was like, no, wait a minute. That's Cassandra. That's Cassandra Webb. That's Madam Webb. And Ben is supposed to end up with May. So, no, they're not going to end up together. But that's how good their chemistry was at first. Second, I was like, well, Ben Parker and Cassie need to end up together. Ben Parker doesn't have much to do here. He is Cassie's co-worker. He's a paramedic. You know, he just came back from war. There is a baby shower for his sister-in-law, a.k.a. Mary Parker, who is, of course, Peter Parker's mom. Now, they don't name the baby she is pregnant with. In fact, the only time we get close to hearing the name, it's a vision, and then it just pops away, and that's it. So it's kind of like at the end of Age of Ultron, where Chris Evans says, Avengers, ah, and then it kind of can't, you know, cuts out. That's exactly what happens. Emma Roberts' character, Mary Parker, is about to say the name, and then it cuts out, and we find out it was just a vision. Now, I love Emma Roberts so much, but my first clue this movie was not going to do well was when Emma Roberts was cast in it. <laughs> I am so sorry to say that. I, I think Emma Roberts is perfect in American Horror Story Coven as Madison Montgomery. I think she is flawless as Chanel Oberlin in Scream Queens. Emma Roberts is so good at playing the mean girl bitchy character. But to see her as a wholesome, pregnant with Spider-Man character, oh, I just don't believe the performance. I think the cracks in her acting abilities sort of come out. I see that and it's so tough because, again, uh, not only just Scream Queens and AHS, but I loved her in Scream 4. I thought her as Jill in Scream 4, she was so great. I obviously, because I'm a little older, <laughs> uh, I'm like seven years older than her. I didn't grow up with a lot of her movies, like on the on the Disney Channel and and what Aquamarine and Nancy Drew. I didn't really see those, so I can't speak to her acting abilities back in like the early aughts. But I've seen some of the movies with her and I've seen some of her recent movies. I think she did something called nerve with like Dave Franco. And Oh my gosh, was that, that, that was really, really cringe. I've seen holiday. I mean, I'm telling you when I tell you, I am an Emma Roberts Stan. I am an Emma Roberts Stan. I, 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 I go to bat for her because I think personally she would make a wonderful Emma, Emma Frost in, in the MCU. That is just my own personal irrational casting. Don't don't hold me to that, Familia. That is not a hill I will die in. But I like Emma Roberts. But the second I knew she was cast in this, I was like, oh, God, she's not going to be able to deliver. And I was right. I think some of her, her scenes, she has like two scenes, are pretty cringe. And, of course, at the end of the movie, she gives birth to Bibi Peter Parker. Dad, Richard Parker, is not there. He's overseas. So it's just Ben and and Mary together in the hospital room. And there is a cute nod where 
Madame Webb, who at the end of the movie loses her sight in the Act 3 battle, and she loses her ability to walk, and they're in the hospital, and all three of the girls are like, we, we think Ben is going to have fun being an uncle. Yeah, it's all of the fun and none of the responsibility. And Cassie just goes, huh, that's what he thinks. So, ha, a little nod right there to Spider-Man and the future. There's, you know, something to be said that I really love that this is Manhattan, Y2K. I think it is a great setting. There's Blockbuster. There are no iPhones. I'm a bitch and Toxic by Britney Spears are playing throughout the movie. I'm always going to be a sap for that era. And by the way, this movie takes place in 2003, which does line up when Tom Holland's Spider-Man would be 18 at the end of No Way Home. But this movie takes place in 2003. I moved to New York in 2005, summer of 2005. Well, I did a summer at NYU in 2005, and then I moved officially in summer 2006. So this is just a few years before I would move into Manhattan. And I feel like they captured that vibe. The setting's great. The setting is truly great. I really did enjoy it. And them there's a scene of them all kind of coming together at grand central station i as someone who used to work at the chef book group right next to grand central station i walked through grand central station every day on my commute in fact the stairs that cassie's coming down from are the stairs i used every day it felt very real and authentic new york and i appreciate that because i don't know if we ever talked about scream the latest scream scream six where it was like taking place in manhattan but for those of us who live in Manhattan and have lived here for two decades, we're like, that clearly is not Manhattan. I don't know where Scream 6 filmed, but that's not Manhattan, <laughs> you know? And I think it's really important if you're going to set something in New York, you have that authentic New York City vibe. This movie 100% has that authentic New York vibe. It is a pleasure to see the city used as a backdrop for this movie because it feels very gritty. Now, a lot of the things that people have been talking about with this movie, especially some of the reviews for it, have been that S.J. Clarkson was one of the directors for, like, Jessica Jones in the Netflix series. And I have to be honest with you, it does feel a little Jessica Jones. And I think it was Grace Randolph who said that even Dakota Johnson has like a Jessica Jones quality to her or Kristen Ritter quality to her. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think the direction is really bad for this movie. I do think she she did not deliver a really good film, sadly. But I think the actors are the ones who carry it. And I've kind of it's kind of stuck in my head that she was a Jessica Jones director, because I love Jessica Jones. I think Jessica Jones is a really great series. I thought to myself, this would have been a really good Jessica Jones miniseries on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> and then you could have given Dakota Johnson something else, but I would have loved to have seen Kristen Ritter in this role with these three girls and just not tolerating it for a couple of episodes. I think Dakota Johnson is Kristen Ritter light in this situation, sadly. But that's okay because I think the way I would describe Dakota Johnson is Aubrey Plaza, April Ludgate, Aubrey Plaza meets Kristen Ritter. That is how I would describe her here. 
the movie had potential. I can see why this movie wanted to be made. I, I again, I don't think it's unwatchable. I don't think it's good because there's just there's not a lot of meat here. And I don't know why your marketing campaign would center around the girls wearing costumes. I mean, surely you knew that people were going to tune in to watch these girls put on the costumes. Because we love Spider-Woman. We love Spider-Girl, right? We want to see all of them in costume. And we want to see them kick butt. And we don't even get to see it. And again, there's this: the reason why Ezekiel is after them is because one day they will murder him. We never find out what it is Ezekiel will do. And at the end of this movie, Ezekiel looks dead to me. I mean, he may not be dead. You know, it will say it's a bit open-ended. But he is certainly defeated. And there's no sliver of why they would come after him and again i apart from just being a mustache twirling villain who lives in a high-rise in new york city and has computers everywhere to monitor where the girls can be i don't i don't understand his motives i there there is no reason why he is evil there it's not like he was doing this for some reason or he's working or he's a henchman for the kingpin right there is absolutely no reason why Ezekiel is evil. Why would he stab and kill a pregnant woman just to get a spider? I mean, that's a pretty extreme thing to do. I get it. He's a bad guy. That's fine. I'm accepting he's a bad guy. But there are bad people, and then there are people who murder pregnant women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I don't I don't believe there there was a motive stated. I could be wrong, but I was just like, damn, like. Why? So I thought maybe in the end of the movie, in Act 3, we would flash forward and be in that scene where the girls come together to kill him. And no such thing exists. I thought maybe, oh, it's because he'll kill Cassie one day, right? He killed Cassie's mom, so then he's going to come after her and kill her. No, there's no reason for that. But regardless, I thought there would be in the future. I thought they would show us a future scene, show it play out and the reasons why and how that kind of like ties into the present, right? And we would see the girls in costumes and and them, you know, wearing something you know, and different scenes that we haven't seen in the trailer. Nope, none of that was here. And it was, Act 3 was so boring. The movie is two hours long. I think if it was just an hour and a half, I would have walked away being like, okay, that's fine. But yeah, I would say go watch it if you're somewhat curious. I don't think it's as terrible as everyone else is out there saying, but I just, it's not a good movie. I mean, certainly, I mean, heed my warning, it is not good. However, turn off your brain, watch this movie, have a little bit of popcorn. Dakota Johnson is wonderful to see. Adam Scott and her, again, to sum that up, I think they have the best chemistry ever. And I think the opening shots with the team, the Birds of Prey style shot of the team, I think it's at least worth watching. I mean, if it, at the very least, once it hits, I don't know, does this hit Disney Plus since it's Sony? When it hits digital and on whatever streaming platform, I would say at the very least, fast forward to the end to watch that. But ah, I wish it was a better review. I wish it was better review, but I'm not going to kid myself. We, I, I walked in knowing it wasn't going to be good. I... Did not think as the movie was unfolding, it was as bad. Because, again, Dakota Johnson in the New York paramedic scenes, Dakota Johnson is a great enough actress where she can solidify the scene. And, again, her chemistry with Adam Scott, really, that's really nice. But make no, mis make no mistake, Ben Parker, after that first act, disappears, as does 
as disappears, as does their chemistry. And thankfully, Dakota Johnson is pretty good at playing the big sister to Julia, Maddie, and Anya. So there you go, Familia. That is our review of Madame Webb. I love Y2K New York, and I think Dakota Johnson is a really good actress. I, the, the reviews have said she's really good at comedy. I will echo that. She is really good at comedy. She is very magnetic on screen. There, there's a reason why someone picked her to helm a franchise, because she certainly has the acting chops. This is a situation where the script and the director were just terrible. Who wrote the script? Let's see who wrote the script. Screenplay by S.J. Clarkson, who's the director. Mm -mm. Claire Parker, I have no idea who that is. Burke Sharpless, don't know who that is. And Matt Sazama. No idea who any of those people are. Matt Sasama and Burke Sharpless are American writers best known for Dracula Untold, Gods of Egypt, and Morbius. Oh, that's right. There we go. The Morbius comparisons. I've seen Venom and Venom 2. I thought Venom 1 was fine. It was fun. Venom 1 was Truly fun. Venom 2 I thought was terrible. And I love Maximum Carnage. Okay. And, and Woody Harrelson. So it should have been a slam dunk for me. But it was not. I did not like Venom 2 at all. Morbius, still waiting to see it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, ugh, where would I rank this? It is definitely below Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. How about that, Fabelia? This is below Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Oh, I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry, Dakota Johnson. And by the way, and I'm also sorry to you, Emma Roberts, because one day I would want you on the podcast, Emma Roberts, because I love you so much. But I'm sorry. I just sit down and know the strengths and weaknesses of not only your actors, but your writers and your directors as well. And you can deliver a pretty good movie, right? Oh, this is a sad day where I'm going to say that Aquaman 2 is even better than this movie. And Aquaman 2 is a turn off your brain, have fun. That's all I wanted out of this movie was turn off your brain and have some fun. But anyways, Familia, slide into our DMs and let us know how you feel.